Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right, what's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to a, well, to a bonus Wednesday episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Tweets. Thank you very much for locking in today. And I'll tell you right off the bat, too, this is not going to be a long episode at all. This is a solo episode and a couple quick things, and we'll get right into today's topic, which for me is going to be 10 Buffalo Bills Week 6 takeaways. I got 10 observations, primarily based off the Bills' Monday night loss at Tennessee. Um, Like I said, a couple things real quick. If you did not listen to Tuesday's podcast, I did a show literally minutes after uh, the Bills game late Monday night. I didn't have a show last week. A lot of you, thankfully, and this felt good. A lot of you didn't, or a lot of you did, I should say, notice that w- there was no podcast last week. I talked about this briefly on Tuesday's show. I was sick as a dog last week. I had the flu, and I know in today's world, when you get ill, it automatically is assumed that you have COVID. I did not have COVID. I had the old school flu, and I'll tell you what, man, that shit kicked my ass totally. Last Monday, I think, and it was literally all week, man. I was just uh, completely under the weather. Still don't feel great, but I feel much better. Headaches, uh, shortness of breath, congestion, cough, all that stuff. And I've been doing this show now for, I don't know what, close closing in on four years. It'll be four years come February where I launched Talking Buffalo Podcast. I think one time I took a full week off and that might've been when I was moving but I don't think I've ever, in fact, I know I've never went a full week without doing a podcast because I didn't feel good. But that was the case last week, which sucked because last week would have been a great week. Plenty of positive Buffalo content to talk about. You had the Bills beat the shit out of Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. That was awesome. Uh, the Sabres won their first two games of the season. So there was a lot of good stuff to talk about. But yeah, I was under the weather. The good part is, for the most part, I feel good. I feel much better. Still not quite 100%. I feel a little bit nasally, a little bit congested, but uh, here I am. So anyway, on Tuesday's show yesterday, again, we taped right after, minutes after the Bills game, I had Joe from Queens on, and those were kind of like knee-jerk reactions, and typically I don't like doing that on this podcast. I'm the kind of guy who, I like to have measured responses. Like I like to take a little bit of time and evaluate things before I start to talk about them rather than just you know, talk about them on the fly without preparation, without any notes, without any thought. And that's what happens when you, when you do a live, when when you do a post show live. And that's what we did basically on Monday night. And there's so many guys out there to do a much better job. Quite frankly, when it comes to these live post game shows, you got Ryan and Matt over at Shout Buffalo podcast. You got Greg and Aaron over at cover one. Hopefully you check them, them guys out 
right after uh, that game. But anyway, I do have 10 Buffalo Bills week six takeaways. Now that I've had at least a handful of hours to kind of sleep on the game and and, and compose some thoughts. So again, this is going to be a solo podcast. This is going to be a short one. I'm not going to sit here and blab to you for a, a full hour or anything like that. Just got 10 points to make and then uh, I'll get you on your way and, and go enjoy the rest of your day. Listen to your other shows or whatever it is that you do. Let me just jump right into it. I'm going to start with my first uh, Buffalo Bills week six takeaway. And that's this. The Buffalo Bills should have won that game on Monday night. But let's make no mistake about it at all. The Buffalo Bills absolutely positively did not deserve to win that game. I see a lot of reaction on Tuesday morning. People saying the Bills should be 5-1 right now. The Bills deserve to be 5-1 right now. I only agree with half of that. Yes, the Bills should be 5-1 right now. However, the Bills do not deserve to be 5-1 right now. Yes, Josh Allen should have been able to get six inches and almost certainly after that, the Bills would have scored a touchdown in the final few seconds and they would have won the game. So yes, they should have won the game, okay? But it would have been a game had they won. It would have been a game for me that they stole because I don't think that they outplayed the Tennessee Titans at all. Not by a long shot. And that's not a knock on the Buffalo Bills as a whole. Great teams, not just in football, but in any sport. They go out there, especially on the road, and they often steal games that they didn't necessarily deserve to win. But so it's clear, I don't think Buffalo was the better team on Monday night. I think they're a better football team as a whole than the Tennessee Titans, even though it's not a good matchup, by the way. This is two years in a row now, and even three years ago, when the Bills won it, or 2019, two years ago when the Bills won in Tennessee, the offense didn't play great, not by a long shot. For whatever reason, Tennessee, it just seems like a bad matchup. But anyway, I do think the Bills are the better football team, but I don't think they were the better team on Monday night. I think the Buffalo Bills, and again, they should have won the game. They should have converted that fourth down. But I think at the end of the day, I think the Bills got the result that they deserved because the defense didn't play well. The offense, even though they scored 31 points, they squandered, they left points on the board. They squandered some significant opportunities. So I think the Bills ended up getting what they deserved. That's my first takeaway. My second takeaway is this, the fourth down call. Okay, it is easy to be an armchair quarterback after the fact. I love the decision. And not only did I love the decision to go for it on fourth down, I love the play call too. I like Josh Allen putting the game in his hands when it's fourth and less than a yard. I like the play call and I like the concept. Okay, I got no problem with any of that. Again, it's easy to be an armchair quarterback when the game's over or the next morning and say the Bills should have kicked the field goal. I don't believe that to be true at all whatsoever. For starters, I think I like the way Sean McDermott showed faith in Josh Allen. He put the game in his hands, and I respect that. Give me a give me a coach with guts. You know, I I remember last year's AFC Championship loss to Kansas City, and my big beef with Sean McDermott is I thought he coached that game borderline cowardly. This wasn't a coward call. This was a a gutsy call, a courageous call. I give Sean McDermott all the credit in the world. So 
that's one reason why I love the play and I love the call. And for another thing, dude, the Bills couldn't stop freaking Derrick Henry, man. And the Bills knew they couldn't stop Derrick Henry. If the Bills kick the field goal at the end of that game and they take it to overtime and Tennessee wins that coin toss, well, actually the Bills would get choice. So if Josh Allen or whoever calls it in the air, they get it wrong. Tennessee gets that ball first. To me, the game is over. And more on the defense, by the way, in just a couple minutes. But to me, the game's over. So I like my chances of Josh Allen getting six inches. And then if we don't score on that play, them scoring a touchdown at the end and winning the game. I like my chances more on that than I like my chances of a coin landing, heads or tails, whatever you call, 50-50. Because if Tennessee gets that ball first, they're scoring a touchdown, game over. Could not stop Derrick Henry. I mean, it's fair to say you're the better team and you want to give me overtime with the better team on paper. But again, the way that, that the way that game went, especially in the in the freaking second half, hell no. No way, man. You had six inches and then about a yard at the most to win that game. You do it. All right. Now, all that said, what I do have a problem with, I don't have a problem with the decision. I don't have a problem with Josh Allen and the quarterback sneak. I do have a problem with, you know, the execution and the combination, by the way, John Feliciano, Deion Dawkins, blown blown up. Okay. That was obviously the problem. Josh Allen kind of slipped a little bit. And for some crazy reason, he veered a little bit laterally left ever so slightly instead of just going straight up over center or directly in between the center and either the left guard or the right guard. And by the way, that wasn't the first time that happened on Monday night. If you remember, I I, I want to say maybe it was the third, I don't remember if it was the third or fourth quarter, but it was the second half. Um, Josh Allen hit Cole Beasley with a a pass. I thought Cole Beasley scored a touchdown. In fact, I was surprised the Bills didn't challenge it. Anyway, very next play on second down, Josh Allen tried to score from the half yard line, kind of veered left and got drilled. He got hit hard, didn't score. Bills ended up scoring a touchdown on the next play. That's when Josh Allen hit Tommy Sweeney, which is an absolutely gorgeous pass um, in the end zone for the touchdown. But anyway, that was the second time that happened. So I don't like Josh Allen kind of veering to the left. And it happened more than once. He should have went right into the air. I just, I hated the decision to go left. And if that was on purpose and then he convert, I don't know why. Also, the other thing I have an issue with is I didn't like them lining up, like pretending they were going shotgun. And then Josh kind of like slowly, casually going to line, like he was going to call something and then taking a quick step. I hated that. Again, like the decision, like the quarterback sneak hated the sequence that went with it. I think they should have went, they should have lined up. And first of all, Gilliam should have been behind him too to maybe give him a push if need be. Might not have mattered because Josh kind of sort of slipped anyway. But go to the line, run a series of hard counts. Maybe you get an idiot on the tightest defensive line to jump off sides. And then the first down is handed to you. But even if not, kind of make them guess a little bit. Just like the Bills front seven was literally guessing all night with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. But anyway, you get up there, a couple hard counts, and then maybe when there's six, seven seconds left, you stab it. You don't wait all the way to the end because they know what's coming. But run a series of hard counts, and if nothing else, at least they're worried about jumping off sides, and then maybe that's when you stab it. I think that would have gave them a better chance of succeeding. So, I don't know, man. I, I thought the quick snap or fake shotgun and, and kind of casually going up the quick snap, I thought that part was really stupid. But as far as criticizing a decision, yeah, man, screw that. Sean McDermott showed confidence 
and his best player on the team. And had it worked, and it should have worked, Sean McDermott would be being lauded as a, as a genius today, as a gutsy coach. And he still is by most people. It's mainly the casual fans on Facebook and, and Twitter and shit like that that have been bitching, and that really annoys me. I guess that's what happens. When you go for something and it doesn't work, that's what you get. But let's not forget, man, this is an organization that was known for years and years and years of punting on fourth and two from their own 37-yard line. So I don't want to hear that bullshit, all right? That was point two. So to recap, yeah, the Bills should have won, but they didn't deserve to win the game. I liked the decision and the call. I just didn't like the execution of the quarterback sneak. Uh, my third point is this. Before getting into defense, man, it's hard to say a football team that puts up 31 points in a football game didn't do enough on offense. But to me, that's exactly what happened, man. Sure, now you score 31 points and they only turn the ball over once. When that happens, you damn sure should win the football game, especially when you're coming into the game uh, boasting the number one defense in the entire NFL. The Bills came into the NFL number one, I, I know in yards, and I believe in points allowed as well. So yeah, you score 31 points, you should lose. But considering how shorthanded Tennessee's secondary was, how thin that defense was, um, coupled with the Bills getting plenty of red zone opportunities, I think it might have been the red zone like five times and maybe only scored two touchdowns. 31 points should have easily been 40 to 45 points. First two drives of the game for the Bills Chip shot field goals for Tyler Bass because they couldn't get it in the end zone. You saw what happened at the end of the game. 31 points should have easily been 40 to 45. So on a day where the offense was good and had an opportunity to be great. And on this particular game, for the maybe for the not maybe for the first time this entire year, the defense just didn't have it. The defense needed to be picked up. The Bills on offense certainly pulled their weight. They, they should have done more. They could have done more. They should have done more. Could have easily been 40 points, maybe even 45 points. So 31 points, considering all the circumstance and Tennessee being as shorthanded as they were in the secondary, I actually thought 31 points was uh, kind of disappointing. Point four, takeaway four. Look, Josh Allen was good, okay? The numbers indicate Josh Allen was more than just good. 35 of 47, 353 yards, three touchdowns. That's a hell of a night for a quarterback, okay? I'm not taking that away. And I'm not really blowing up Josh Allen whatsoever. Trust me on that, all right? But let's be fair here and let's be unbiased. Let's be objective. I know that's very hard to do, especially if you're a Bills fan and especially when you, you want to talk about the defense and we're certainly going to talk about this defense in just a minute here, okay? But, Josh Allen was far from flawless. And especially if you're setting the bar for Josh Allen as being MVP caliber, that's what Josh Allen is. Josh Allen is a franchise quarterback. Josh Allen is an MVP caliber quarterback. Okay. For all the things he did well, and he did plenty well, he did make some mistakes. I thought Josh Allen suffered from a little bit of a hero ball or a little bit of what I like to call arrogant arm syndrome on Monday, especially in that second half. I remember it was, um, man, I can't remember if it was the third or fourth quarter. I think it was the fourth quarter. It might've been the second. It was, in fact, it was the second last drive of the game. Now that I think about it, there was one long throw. Josh Allen 
ran play fake, which they did that a lot to Moss or Singletary. I'm not quite sure why. I don't think Tennessee really bought it. But anyway, there was one play where Emmanuel Sanders went deep and there was a backup quarterback in, or cornerback in and Josh literally forced a long pass down the field into double coverage that should have been intercepted. And I remember in real time watching the replay and screaming, Tommy Sweeney, the backup tight end, was wide open in the flat. Literally was not a freaking Tennessee defender within 15 yards of Tommy Sweeney. Josh Allen never even looked at him. He was going deep the entire way. That would have been the easiest first down ever. That really bothered me. And there were other plays as well like that where there were running backs open, intermediate to short, Moss a couple times, Singletary once or twice, where Josh Allen was just locked in on going deep. And and there was uh, some other mistakes too that Josh made. And again, I'm not bashing Josh Allen. I'm very pro Josh Allen. I I love the guy. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But it's fair to be able to levy a little bit of criticism on the guy from time to time. Early in the game, it was the second drive, in fact. Uh, Stephon Diggs was open in the end zone. Maybe got away with an offensive pass interference. But anyway, he was open. And Josh Allen, not under a lot of duress, threw a low ball. It should have been a touchdown. Ended up being a field goal. Obviously, these points mattered. Again, look. Josh Allen was good, and he's not even in the ballpark of the top 10 reasons why the Bills lost this game. So I want to be clear on that. But if the bar that you're setting for Josh Allen is as high as mine is for him right now, he could have played better. I set the bar for Josh Allen going into a football game at this point, just like I would if I were covering the Chiefs and I and, or, and I had Patrick Mahomes or or Aaron Rodgers or or Russell Wilson. To me, Josh Allen's in that class. And again, 37 or 35, 47, 353 yards, three touchdowns, great statistical game. Great plays, many more good plays and bad plays, but MVP caliber quarterback left too many plays for my liking on the field. A couple, again, arrogant decisions with his arm and also the quarterback sneak. I, I don't know if that's on him. I don't know if that's on Dable. I don't know who to really put that on, but I don't like Josh Allen not going right over the top instead of veering off to the left. And this is what happens, man. When you become a franchise quarterback, when you're one of the very best players, not just quarterbacks, you're one of the best players in the entire NFL, that bar just gets higher and higher and higher. So based on that, I thought Josh Allen was good. Did not think he was great. On Tuesday's um, recap show yesterday, Joe from Queens gave him a B plus. I And again, this is why I like to have more measured responses. At that time, I gave Josh Allen a B minus. Maybe that was a little bit low. I would probably give him a B. Maybe maybe even agree with a B plus. But he didn't have an A game. Let's just put it that way. Uh, takeaway number five. Week six takeaway number five. And then we're going to take a quick break here. And we'll talk about the defense after the break. Look, special teams mistakes, man, are continuing to mire the Buffalo Bills in, in 2021. I like Andre Swift Jr. just fine, okay? Seems like a good guy. I don't know him. But he seems like a really good guy. He had a good camp. Deserved to make this roster. But that holding penalty that he had on Isaiah McKenzie's 101-yard touchdown return, kickoff return, that didn't count, that's a horrible penalty. And by the way, a lot of Bills fans, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit call, bullshit call. Wasn't a bullshit call, man. He held the guy, all right? And it was not even, you can't even say it was completely away from the play because 
It kind of wasn't. That guy may or may not have been able to make a play on McKenzie if Andre Smith didn't hold him. But anyway, bottom line, Andre Smith Jr. did hold him. To me, in my opinion, it was a rightfully called penalty. Wipes out 101-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Just under three minutes left. It would have gave the Bills a four-point lead, and it would have forced Tennessee to score a touchdown. Now, to be fair, the way the Titans, uh, you know, they still had all their timeouts, still had three minutes left to work with. They very well may have scored a touchdown to win the game anyway at the end. I mean, the Bills defense could not stop them, especially in the second half. But man, you're Andre Smith Jr. You can't make that mistake. You can't make that mistake, man. You can't make that mistake. All right, you're like the fifth linebacker. You're the fifth linebacker. You were active. Meanwhile, AJ Epinesa was not active. Bookie Basham was not active. They didn't carry the extra defensive end because Andre Smith was um, active and expected to do his job on special teams. Did not do it. Now, this is twice this year, man. This is twice this year where special teams have really hurt the Bills. And again, as far as Andre Smith Jr. is concerned, I, I hate to say this, but he might have seen his last Bill snap. I can't see him being at minus injuries. If Tremaine Edmonds is healthy, if if Matt Milano's healthy, and then you got Matekovic, you got Ter- Terrell Dotson behind them, I-, I don't know that Andre Smith sees the field again because you have to be accountable for that kind of mistake. That's a game-changing impact mistake. Simple as that. Both Buffalo Bills losses this year now have come with colossal special team blunders that directly cost them points and possibly the game both times. You had the block punt against Pittsburgh. They made a three-point game, a 10-point game. The Bills did not recover from that. And then you had, again, Josh Allen, quarterback sneak stuff aside, what would have happened at the very end if they went to overtime, yada, 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 who knows. But the bottom line is Andre Smith Jr.'s special team's penalty cost the Bills directly a four-point lead with under three minutes left. Just can't do that. All right, we're going to take a really quick break right here. After that, on the other side, we're going to talk about, I got five more points. And for the most part, they're about the Bills defense. I'll be right back after this quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. I got 10 Buffalo Bills week six takeaways. Just to recap the first five, I think the Bills should have won the game, but they did not deserve to win the game. Um, We talked about 
me liking the call on fourth down. They just didn't execute it right. Uh, I think the offense, despite putting up 31 points, actually underachieved on this night. I thought Josh Allen was good, but not great. And special teams just continues to hurt the Buffalo Bills this year. That's what we talked about in the first half. Let's, uh, you know, we could talk about the, the, the Bills offense. We could talk about the Bills special teams. And we could talk about the decision to go for the win until we're completely blue in the face. But the reason why I'm sitting here behind this microphone talking to you guys right now on this Wednesday morning about the Buffalo Bills being 4-2, going into the bye instead of 5-1 is one reason. The defense, man. The defense was absolutely atrocious on Monday night. Now, Derrick Henry gassed him for 143 yards, three touchdowns on 20 carries, including that 76-yard touchdown run that really got the Titans offense going. I don't, that doesn't bother me that much. Derrick Henry is, Derrick Henry's the best running back in the NFL, okay? And, and I think that's, there's not even a lot of debate, I think, when it comes to that. Derrick Henry's not just one of the best running backs in the NFL. Derrick Henry's one of the best players in the NFL. I'm not stunned that Derrick Henry went out and had himself a really good night. That doesn't even really so much bother me it's kind of like when you play the Chicago Bulls. It would be, all right, well, Michael's going to get his. Just don't let everyone else beat you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not really concerned about that. Here's what's concerning to me. Ryan Tannehill attempted 29 passes, and Ryan Tannehill got sacked zero freaking times. Zero times. The Bills did not drop Ryan Tannehill one single time. Not once. This is the same Ryan Tannehill that two weeks ago when Tennessee lost to the New York Jets, Ryan Tannehill got dumped seven times. Seven! Two weeks ago, the New York Jets dropped him seven times. The Buffalo Bills could not get to them once. Could not get to Ryan Tannehill one single time. The Bills pass rush, man, was pretty much MIA, MIA all night long. All night long. I didn't like the pass rush at all. I am a big Leslie Frazier fan, right? I think he's done an incredible job as defensive coordinator. I think he has earned himself the opportunity to be an NFL head coach again. That said, I hated this game plan on Tuesday. Leslie Frazier, inexcusably to me, barely dialed up any significant blitz pressure. He would blitz a linebacker or corner once in a blue moon. And even when they did that, they would drop a defensive end in the coverage most times. I remember F.A. Obata near A.J. Brown was, which is kind of funny. Well, it's not funny, but that's the way it played out. Four men rush on like didn't get it done. Ryan Tannehill may never have an easier game in his career than he had on Monday night against the Bills. Unless you want to talk about last year's Monday night football game and Ryan Tannehill pretty much was the same result. Not good at all, man. It was just every single thing about this defense was not, was not good. It wasn't good. They were guessing all night long. The, the front seven, especially, they didn't know what, like, are they they're overplaying the run? I don't know what it was, but there was nothing instinctual going on about the Bills front seven. There was nothing aggressive with the Bills front seven. It was almost like react, like get punched and then react to it. It was just terrible, man. That's my sixth takeaway. 
Here's the seventh. And we're continuing on the defense here. No one on this defense. You, you know, sometimes when, when, when the Bills defense doesn't play well, it's easy to sit there and say, well, this is the reason why this guy got beat. Like Levi Wallace, for an example. It's easy to say Levi Wallace gets picked on and that, you know, that's why the defense gave up whatever it gave up. I'm not talking about this game. I'm just talking about generally speaking. You know, you had that. Or general pass rush, whatever. This was a night where I don't think, you know, you got 10 starters if you or 11 starters, 12 basically, because we'll call Teron Johnson a starter. So 12 starters on this defense. No one on this defense, literally no one on this defense, other than Tremaine Edmonds, who I thought was excellent. No one on this defense impressed me whatsoever, man. Not at all. I thought Tremaine Edmonds played excellent. I think Tremaine Edmonds, who I have called overrated several times, and I'm being honest with you, because I think to some extent he, he was overrated. Even early this year, people were praising him. I'm like, he didn't play that good early on this year. But man, this is three or four weeks in a row now. I think Tremaine Edmonds has been the best player defensively for sure on the Buffalo Bills. He impressed me. But other than him, man, no one on this defense played well. And more specifically, for me, this was far and away the worst game I've seen Matt Milano play all year. Maybe one of the worst games I've ever seen Matt Milano play, period, man. He just wasn't a factor. Usually he's a playmaker. He's around the ball. He makes a big play. He finds a way to do something positive for this defense. None of that on Monday night. I thought Matt Milano easily had the worst game of his season. And I also think the rookie. Gregory Rizzo, fired away the worst he's looked all season, and he has been an excellent rookie addition to this Bills defense until Monday night. In fact, I remember, well, not on the podcast because I didn't get to do a show last week because I was under the weather, but I do remember tweeting. I said, I remember, you know, a lot of people, myself included, saying Gregory Rizzo was more of a project first-round pick, and that a week or so ago, that if the AFC announces Pro Bowl roster, I thought Gregory Rizzo, you can make a very fair case that he deserved to be on it. I'm going to tell you what, did not play well last night, man. Again, Milano, complete non-factor. Greg Rizzo got caught out of position not once, but twice on big Derrick Henry plays, including that 76-yard touchdown run. On that run, I think it was uh, Jordan Poyer just got clocked and Michael Hyde took a bad angle, but so did Gregory Rizzo, man. He... He, 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 he misread the play, and I know there was another play, too, where I think he was over-aggressive, and Derrick Henry cut it back and then ran for, for a long game, too. Just not a good game for Gregory Rizzo. And by the way, in terms of the defensive end position, I'm a little bit at loss, even before the game, too. It's e again, it's easy to be an armchair quarterback after the fact, yeah, the Bills should have kicked the field goal at the end of the game. No, 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 no. But even before... The game started. I did not like AJ Epinesa being inactive. And I wasn't a big fan of Boogie Basher being inactive either. But especially AJ Epinesa. The Bills decided to, to play FA Abada. They decided Harrison Phillips would be back in the lineup. And I get that to an extent because you got Derrick Henry and you want more beef at the defensive tackle. So defensive tackle had a bigger priority than defensive end. That was the Bills game plan anyway. But again, Andre Smith ends up active. And it's easy to say this now because he screwed up. But I, I don't like A.J. Epinesa, who I think has been maybe the best Bills run defending defensive end this year. I don't understand why he didn't play. Sean McDermott said after the game that he wanted to give some other guys some looks. I just don't think this was the game for it. Again, this defense from, from, from start to bottom to me, Jordan Poyer got a gift interceptions. But, you know, that aside, 
This defense didn't really do anything. And I think Tennessee started the game off with punt, punt, interception. And then after that, the only time they didn't score was at the end of the game when they, when they took a knee. Just not a good defensive effort, not good execution, not a good game plan, and not good personnel management, in my opinion, when it comes to the Bills defense uh, this game. All right, a couple more here. This is my eighth uh, Buffalo Bills week six takeaway. Not related to this game. Well, indirectly related to this game, I guess. I think there's a few spots that Brandon Bean should take a long, long look at when he's trying to upgrade this, this roster, potentially via trade. The trade deadline is November 2nd. Um, and this going into the bye week now, this feels like a, a really good time to do it. Offensive guard, cornerback, those just feel like two obvious spots that the Bills should be looking at. Look, end of the game aside, okay, and I know he's played better recently over the last couple weeks, but I still don't think John Feliciano's good at left guard. And we've already seen Cody Ford get benched at, at right guard. I think he, I think his career in Buffalo, for the, this is probably his last year, okay? I don't see him getting confidence back. I don't think the Bills have any confidence in him whatsoever. I mean, Darrell Williams was a good right tackle last year, and they've already slid him over to right guard, and they went with a fifth round or a third round rookie, Spencer Brown, at right tackle because they have no confidence whatsoever in Cody Ford. So I think that shot, Ike Bakker, they don't obviously think too much of. They moved Darrell Williams inside. John Feliciano's not getting it done at left guard, in my opinion, especially against better defensive fronts, which we saw last night or Monday night, I should say. Go get a guard. I, and I don't know who, okay? I'm not going to sit there. I'm not Joe Marino. I'm not Bruce Nolan. I'm not Greg Thompson. I'm not going to sit there and run, or Joe Biscali. I'm not going to run off six, seven potential guards. But there's got to be guards out there available for trade if Brandon Bean wants to pull the trigger. That got to be better than John Feliciano and can help upgrade this offensive line. That and maybe corner. Maybe corner. And I'm talking outside corner. Teron Johnson just signed an extension. I think they're set at, at slot corner. Maybe they go out and they try to get a guy. And I know Denver, I, I read that Denver's got a couple pretty good cornerbacks that may be available via trade. Maybe they try to do something to upgrade over Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace is adequate, okay? He's not bad, but I think the Bills could be better there. And, and you know, and we saw Arizona Cardinals this past week. They're they're undefeated right now. They're in, they're in contention, man. They're a contender this year. They're swinging, they're swinging for it. They're going for it. They swung a deal for, for Zach Ertz. Now, I'm just, <laughs> I know Zach Ertz was uh, connected to the Bills so much over the summer. In fact, that trade was supposedly going to get done like 50,000 different times. I'm not talking about Zach Ertz, a player. I love Dawson Knox at this point in tight end. Let's not do anything about the tight end position. Although, Dawson Knox does have a broken bone in his hand. He'll be out a few weeks, but I think they'll be fine there at tight end. I don't, I really don't. I wouldn't trade an asset for a tight end. But my point being is this. Arizona made a big move to bolster their roster. I think Buffalo should be pretty aggressive. And this feels like a really good time to do it right now. Use this bye week and go out and, and try to get yourself a guard. Or try to get yourself a corner or both. And uh, I think they can help this team win right now. All right, two more points here, man. Point nine, there's less than zero fear right now about this game costing the Bills a playoff spot. All right, let's not be, uh, let's not overreact too much here, okay? The Miami Dolphins, they suck. All right, the New England Patriots are just not good enough right now. And they got a rookie quarterback, two and four. All right, the AFC East is Buffalo's division in a, in a runaway. All right, they're four and two heading into the bye. 
And when they come back off the bye, they got Miami at home. And then they got road games at Jacksonville and the New York Jets. And then they're back home against Indy. That's their first month after this bye week. All right. That has eight and two written all over it, which will bring them at eight and two going into uh, Thanksgiving night. New Orleans, fun game. I don't think the Saints are really that good. Point being is the Bills are going to be probably eight and two, worst case, seven and three going into that game. All right. They're winning the AFC East. You know what I'm saying? They're winning the AFC East. Okay. Tampa is probably, and that's December 12th. Tampa's the the one game on the schedule, very likely the only game left on the Bills' entire schedule for the rest of the year where I think they're underdogs on paper. And that's, again, that's for the rest of the season. So let's not get down too much because of this loss against Tennessee. It is annoying. And I keep beating this drum. No, I do not think they deserve to win, but yes, they should have won. All that said, though, man, 13 and four, that record is very, very, very uh, attainable. But that leads to my last point here, and then I'm going to get you out of here. My last Buffalo Bills week six takeaway. I just pointed out this loss should have zero impact on the Bills winning this division. Zero, all right? No impact on them to winning division. No impact, obviously, on them making the playoffs. And if you win the division, you're at least getting a home game, all right? That said, it's not nothing either, though. All right. Let's not say this is nothing because the AFC is good. All right. And, and winning this conference and, and getting home field advantage for the playoffs, that to me is a decidedly huge advantage, especially for a team like Buffalo, where I think this defense is just going to be so much better at home than on the road. Although they showed they could play very well on the road, they did that last week in Kansas City. All right. So, it's not nothing, but but losing this game against Tennessee, it does matter, all right? I, I'd feel much more comfortable if I'm the Buffalo Bills, and I'm sure every AFC or NFL team, for that matter, feels the same way too. You want to play at home, right? I feel much more comfortable in the playoffs, in the postseason, taking the Bills to beat a Baltimore Ravens team or, or the Kansas City Chiefs, who probably will get things at least semi-turnaround on defense. I don't think they're done, all right? Or like the LA Chargers, despite last week, they're still a good team, man. I feel much more comfortable about taking the Bills to beat one of those teams in a playoff game in Orchard Park than I would if they were on the road. You know what I'm saying? So, and that very well could still happen. But this loss doesn't help. It doesn't help. To me, and I'm going to get you out of here after this. To me, the Bills are still the most complete team in the AFC. But it's a deep conference, man. It's a deep conference. There's no less than six teams right now that, to me, are capable of of going through the AFC in the playoffs, coming out of the AFC and going to the Super Bowl. And that's in my opinion. Obviously, the Bills, and you got the Baltimore Ravens, who I'm sure people are talking about this week is the best team now in the AFC East out of the Bills' loss. Baltimore's 5-1. and one. They just beat the Chargers. Speaking of, the Chargers, that'd be a third team. Again, Kansas City, you want to write them off right now? Go ahead, but you're crazy if you do. They'll probably get things, at least to some extent, figured out. So you got Kansas City, that's four teams. You got the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, they're only three and three. They've been underachieving this season, but that is still a very deep and talented roster. Just as deep, just as talented as maybe anyone in the NFL, including the Bills. But, you know, they're three and three, but they're there. They, they And I expect them to be there at the end. And I'll tell you what, after this, add the Tennessee Titans as well. 
I don't want to play them in the playoffs. I'll tell you right now. It's a bet for whatever reason. They just match up well against the Buffalo Bills. So you got six teams in the AFC right now, very capable of winning this conference. Going to be interesting. But anyway, those are 10 Buffalo Bills week six takeaways. Thank you very much for locking in. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Hammerin Tweets. Got our normal. This was a bonus Wednesday episode. Again, I'm trying to, to be honest with you, I'm kind of making up for a little bit of lost time, not having any episodes last week. I'm just in the mood to talk. I'm in the mood to talk, so that's what I'm doing. Anyway, normal Friday, casual Friday coming up. Joe Yurden. We'll talk, we'll talk some football, but also plenty of Buffalo Sabres, man. His team is off to a good start. Uh, is it going to last? I don't know. We'll talk about that. Plenty more coming up. Casual Friday, my man, Joe Yurden. Talk to you soon. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.